whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Hello. Hello. It has been a bit. Today is May 21st. It's a Friday night. And... We haven't recorded in the last two weeks. Three weeks. Well, we put one out on the first. Yeah. Three weeks. Yep. Yeah. So it's been a long three weeks. A lot happening. Yes. Um, probably many of our people that listen to us know through Facebook, if they check Facebook... Or yeah. through just the knowing us or whatever. Know that like some of what, what has happened at the beginning of this three-week time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to... We said we would podcast about the direction my pregnancy ended up going. Um, so that's what we're going to do tonight. But we also need to podcast again soon because there's been a lot that has happened since then. And I feel like we haven't been giving as many updates to the more broad, general public. Um, Our church family knows a lot of what's been going on. Yeah. But there's just been a lot that's happened. Um, So, yeah, we're going to try to figure out how much to squeeze into this. And we... Love to be sharing the details of what's going on in our life. We want to be transparent and an encouragement, but there is an aspect of this that's also just a helpful thing for ourselves to be able to go back and listen to and remember some of these times and Mm -hmm. God's goodness and faithfulness to us. And so we're definitely documenting this for others, but also I think for ourselves and yeah. So, I think we left off that my pregnancy had been pretty up and down. Um, as far as cramping and bleeding and tests not getting darker and just it right. feeling like a They were weird... getting darker just really slowly and I was just... I had that, a big cramping episode shortly before our last podcast that we put mm-hmm. out. And I had gone and gotten my progesterone levels checked. Those ended up coming back really low for where I was at. Um, I was almost six weeks pregnant, and my progesterone levels were at a three, which they're supposed to be like 11 or 12 is on the lowest end of what they should mm-hmm. be um, for being normal at that time. So I kind of scrambled around trying to figure out if I could get some progesterone supplements. I knew at that point that something wasn't right, and it felt like there were two options. Either my progesterone levels were low because of nursing and just hormone imbalances mm-hmm. but that your baby my was pregnancy okay. was fine and my baby was fine other than i needed a boost help boost those hormone levels mm-hmm. to make Sustain sure that the things stayed okay right or the reason my levels were low is because things weren't okay with the baby and things right. weren't fine and things were abnormal and that that was causing low progesterone and that it was super hard because in that case, I didn't really want to artificially boost my progesterone and have the pregnancy kind of artificially continue when it shouldn't, right. when it wasn't okay and it really needed to And So, um, but I wanted to be hopeful for the first scenario and that just getting progesterone would really help and mm-hmm. things would start to get on track. Um, yeah. But I was really prayerful that God would just show what needed to happen and through a series of events I had gotten prescribed progesterone I thought that I was going to be able to go get it um I ended up it got sent to the wrong pharmacy and then I figured that out and then we were going to go they said that it was going to get filled in a few hours and that I would get a notification about it I never got notified and by the time I went to check on it the pharmacy was closed this was on Friday night so um I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was Friday night. Because I was going to go get it. Right. And I'm trying to remember, though, why... 
We never went and got it Saturday morning. Well, maybe it was a Saturday night that this happened. I think it might have been. Yeah. Yes, it, it was. was. It was Saturday night. So this was all happening on Saturday. You must have gotten your results Saturday morning. Uh-huh. Got the prescription. Yes, which then... made it even more tricky trying to figure out who to call. But I found some yes, a doctor's right. office that was open on a Saturday until like 2. And <laughs> So, yes, this was on Saturday night. Abby was supposed to go get it. I was feeling really discouraged on Saturday night. But all day Saturday, I had no cramping, no bleeding. I mm-hmm. was feeling encouraged that way, feeling like I actually felt pretty good. Um, things felt pretty normal. So I put my kids to bed. Um, Chip was working late that night. And literally right after I put my kids to bed, I went to the bathroom and it was spotting again. I hadn't been spotting mm-hmm at all for a couple of days I think um at least for sure I know all that day I had felt right good and um and I I strangely went to bed early that night like yeah in the middle of talking to me like you were were in the middle of texting and then I just fell asleep which so she just stopped responding which was kind of strange but not I knew she probably was asleep (laughs) and so I actually started talking to another friend and um Still wasn't really having... I, I knew I was spotting, but that wasn't really abnormal for what had been going on. And um, I was feeling discouraged about not getting the progesterone, but also knowing very much that God, how everything yeah. was, that God kept that from happening. And um, But all of a sudden, in the middle of our conversation, I got this really sharp pain in my right side that was like radiating down my leg and was brand new. It was nothing like any of the cramping or anything I'd ever felt. And I kind of said to her really abruptly, like, please pray for me for discernment. Like all of a sudden I'm really worried about an ectopic pregnancy, which for any of you who don't know, an ectopic pregnancy is a pregnancy that occurs anywhere out of the uterus. So uh, I think a lot of people primarily think of a tubal pregnancy with that which is where they primarily happen but they can happen in the abdomen they can happen um, they can attach to your cervix or your ovary um right so it's any time that the egg is fertilized and then attaches somewhere where it's not not inside the uterus not where it's supposed to be um so i said all of a sudden i'm really nervous about an ectopic pregnancy and even like less than a week before that Another friend had said, are you going to get an ultrasound just to make sure that, like, the everything is in the right place? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm really not worried about it being ectopic. Like, I just don't think that there's, like, that just doesn't, I, it was not, I right. specifically said, like, that's not a concern of mine. That's not on my radar. But suddenly, all of a sudden, it very much felt like, oh, no, like, is that what this is? So she was trying tried to be a little bit reassuring to me of like, I've had like a subchorionic hemorrhage before, which caused a lot of spotting and mm-hmm. it also caused pain that would go down my legs and stuff like that. And they told me it was normal. Like maybe you should get in the bath. And um, so at this point I was like, well, I am going to go and get in the bath and just see if that calms things down until Chip gets home. At this point, it was like 10 o'clock, and he was off at 11. And so I kind of went around the house gathering, like, a towel and clothes and my water. And as I'm doing that, it was getting significantly worse, like, quickly, Mm -hmm. really. But not actually... I started having, like, contraction pain, like, Mm -hmm. uterine pain, not just this one spot on the right anymore. Now, that was kind of subsiding, but I was, like, thinking, like, oh, this is it. Like, I'm miscarrying. This is, Mm -hmm. like, happening for sure. Got in the tub, and I was like, I cannot do this by myself. I tried to call Abby a couple of times, and she wasn't waking up. So I called Tim, because I know he doesn't go to bed when Abby goes (laughs) to bed, and asked him if he could wake Abby up and send her over. So he did that. I was so, like, confused of what... He just woke me up and was like, Danny wants you. And I'm like, Danny wants me? What do you... What do you, he wants I mean, to I gave him no details. I just said, can you can you wake up Abby and send her over? And he said yes and just hung up. Like, that was our... Oh. That was the extent of our conversation. Oh, okay. He had no idea. Yeah. I mean, he could tell. I was like... 
didn't sound he normal did say, and I was in a lot of pain. Yes, he like, did say something because I like once I started getting dressed, uh-huh. I was like, what did she say? Like, because I tried calling you right back right. when I saw you had called, yeah. but you didn't answer. But I was like, what did she say? Like, as I'm trying to get dressed and he's like, I don't know, but she did sound like she was crying and I'm really upset and she asked me to wake you up. And I'm like throwing clothes on right. like okay and, yeah so abby came over and i mean i think at that point we both just really thought i was just okay yeah she's like having it baby. was like imminent that i was yes i was it like, felt like i was in taking labor. pictures and yeah. i was taking video of that time of just it really felt like i was in labor yes. it felt just like a, a transition like the very yes. end i was having like pushing feel mm-hmm. sensations um and I was in the tub and I wasn't having any bleeding while I was in the water, but I just assumed like, well, probably because I'm in the water. And so at some point I was like, I just need to get out and get like, I thought if I got onto the toilet, it would change the mm-hmm. pressure and I could feel and see what I, like if things were opening. And I fully expected a hundred percent my, I, I was like nervous about delivering the baby into the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like I fully expected by getting up and doing that, that like I was going to ch- be bleeding instantly and like yeah. check and things were just going to progress. And it was, yeah. I remember feeling really nervous. Like I was in so much pain that there was a part of me that didn't want to have to have chip. Like see, I even said like, yeah. can't decide if I want chip to be here yes, or not. I, I, I like part of me really wanted him to be there and like was sad that I was going through all of it without him. And then another part of me felt like, I would rather he just get home and it's just over and he can still be here for like yeah. the emotional aftermath of it, but he doesn't have to like witness yeah. all of this because I know that it's uncomfortable during birth. Yeah. And not just it's hard, like what's going on, but he it's just not something he's comfortable right. with in a happy situation. So I just feel like he wouldn't have quite known what to do. And so, I mean, I was just praying that God would help me through it and it was I checked and my cervix was still closed I still wasn't really having much more bleeding at all like almost nothing and I was so confused and then things started to die down and just got less and less and less and Chip got home and I was still in the bath again I'd gotten back into the bath and but by that point I really was not having any more contraction type pain Mm -hmm. And was, like, really confused, like, thinking... But it felt like, again, a repeat of Wednesday, which felt confusing, but also, like, well, I guess... Maybe it's just not quite ready to, like... Yeah. Like, who knows what's going on. So, I really thought, like, I'll get out. Maybe God is letting me get some rest. Because, also, all night, Friday night, I had a kid throwing up again. So, I had gotten no sleep Friday night. Mm -hmm. I had gotten one hour of sleep. So... I had been really looking forward to just getting my kids in bed and just being able to sleep. Right. So I thought maybe God is just... I kept saying, like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Yeah. thought maybe God is just giving me a break, letting me get some sleep before this. And so the plan was to have Abby go back home, for her to get some sleep, for me to get in bed. I was... By this point, the pain on the side was back. And I, but I thought, like, if I just get a heating pad, I could probably go to sleep mm-hmm. or something. So Chip got a heating pad for me. I got in bed. And I could not... I, I couldn't... Like, it, the pain was just getting worse. And I couldn't lay still. And I felt horrible. I ended up going into the bathroom and, like, having diarrhea. And the pain got bad enough that I was, like, throwing up. And... But we're also wondering, like, I just helped my kids through the stomach flu all week. Right. So, like, it's are you like, just having... Am like, I just getting the stomach flu now? Uh, and that's even what's causing, like, these contractions? Is yeah. like, I'm just having digestive issues. Right. And I feel like, especially for Chip observing everything and, like, wanting to be hopeful, that's really where he was at. But I think I was at that... The point at that point, I didn't feel sick. I mm-hmm. felt like... Something was wrong in your body. Yes. And I felt like the pain, I was like, I I think I need to go to the hospital. And he was like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, well, again, I felt like there were two options. The two options felt like I'm about to miscarry or something's not great with my baby and causing me to have these bad contractions. And I'm getting the stomach flu. Mm-hmm. I'm like vomiting and having diarrhea. Or I have an ectopic pregnancy 
that is causing me to have so much pain that I'm having diarrhea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I really should be going and getting seen at the hospital. So it felt like if it was the first case scenario, maybe it was a better case. But I thought getting fluids and getting Zofran and having like mm-hmm. place that I can rest and be helped through the, the stomach, yeah. the stomach flu. And if I miss carrying right. and all of that feels like that's really my body is not in a place right now with running on so little sleep right. and feeling so run down that I feel like I have the strength to get through this without those types of helps. So, um. And, I mean, there was a part of me that's like, maybe, like, it's my appendix. Like, it's on my right side. Like, maybe I'm just mm-hmm. having, like, some other attack that they can, like, reassure me. And I just really it felt, felt like wrong I enough. needed to yeah. go to the hospital, though. And that's not normal for me. I'm not, not at all. quick <laughs> to run to the hospital. Yeah. And I think Chip knew that. And he was like, if you think you need to go, then I think you should go. But with having had sick kids and... Not knowing if any other kids were going to get sick and all of that, we decided it really was best for Abby to take me if she was willing to instead of Chip and that he could stay home and take care of our kids. And um, so I called Abby and she was fine to do do that. I mean, I guess (laughs) I'll get up and take you. Um, So we drove to the closest hospital that it's the hospital that I had six of my babies at and... Um, just like the most obvious hospital to go to, yeah. I guess. It's like mm-hmm. a level one trauma place and just yeah. felt like that's where we would go. Why would yeah. we go to one? Like, especially cause I'm in a lot, a lot of pain at this point. Like yeah. I'm still able to talk to Abby and able to walk around, but I'm definitely in a lot of pain. Yes. Yeah. So we drive there. It's only like 10 minutes away or so get there and I even say like do you need me to drop you at the door or can we do you want me to park and then walk in with you we weren't sure what like COVID regulations if they were gonna even let me go in with her or like what type of so I almost felt like if I walk in with you it feels a better chance that they'll let me in right then like just I come in and then you try to like come in and they're like who are you here with and you're like Yes, I agree. So, and I was fine. And there was a parking spot, like, right there. Yes. God was... We're like, oh, look at that. God yes. has this open spot right here. So we got out, and there was a person at the door asking what was wrong. And checked her temperatures, and... I Yeah. So from the very beginning, I was very clear that I believed I was having an ectopic pregnancy. That's I had gotten to the point that that's really what... I was thinking it mm-hmm. was. I was going to be, like, surprised and really glad if it was something else, but that's really where I was at mentally. Yeah. Um, we went up to the desk for registration, and they asked In me... triage. Yeah. They asked me uh, questions about what was going on. I told them that I was having right-sided sharp pain shooting down my leg. That you were six weeks exactly that day pregnant and that nine other kids and have had home births and that you've been like cramping and bleeding periodically through the week and you think you're having an atopic pregnancy yeah the first thing i said was i think i'm having an ectopic pregnancy and she was like well what makes you think that and i went through all these things so i gave her like a lot of details they took my um blood pressure and pulse and Both of them, well, my blood pressure was like 120 over something in the 70s. So kind of like a perfect blood pressure, but that's high for me. But Mm -hmm. they wouldn't know that that's high for me and they wouldn't really care because that's a normal number for them. Mm -hmm. My pulse was 120, which is also quite high for me. Um, But all of that didn't seem concerning. And they told me to go ahead and wait until they were able to get me into a room. The way she said it, she said, okay, we'll get go wait in the waiting room and as soon as we have a room for you, we'll see you. Or something like that that made I, me feel like I it was going to be, be quick. fast. Yeah. How she said it. Mm-hmm. And then we went and sat down and we start hearing, it was like random people in the emergency room. In the waiting room. Saying... Or we also overheard her telling another person, like, it's going to be four hours. Like, it, like there's going to be a wait. We heard other people saying And the person said, like, that, I can't wait that long. And her saying, like, well, you can go to another hospital. That's up to you. That's your choice. Yeah. You can either wait or you can go to another hospital. But that's, that's your options. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of, like, 
but also the person was being yeah it felt like well maybe they're just not concerned about what is going on with this person and um and I was still doing I mean she asked me what my pain level was at that point and I said a three Mm -hmm. so in her defense like with triaging me like I, I do feel like when I walked in I was very much talking just like this yeah I was like in pain it yeah. It was and I told her it was more painful before and I was vomiting from the pain mm-hmm. but it subsided some. So I tried to let her know like it hasn't been like this the whole night. It was right. a lot worse, but um we're sitting we kind of went to the back of the waiting room and we're kind of far from the bathroom and um we were sitting there and I started to get really nauseous again. The pain started to increase a lot and I started to get really lightheaded told Abby I really wanted to get closer to the bathroom because I just didn't know if I was going to like have diarrhea again, have more throwing up and it feels so awkward to be puking right out in, in the waiting room, room that has a bunch, bunch of people. Yeah. So, I was like I really want to get closer to the bathroom and I I knew I wasn't feeling good, but I had no concept that I wasn't going to be able to like walk. I feel like I stood up thinking I'll just walk over to the seats by the bathroom, Mm -hmm. which was probably like 20 feet away. Right. And I made it like two chairs away and was like, I have to sit down because I was like going to pass out. Yeah. So I sat down and like put my head down and at that point I'm like, I really still want to be by the bathroom, but I don't, I think I started, like, inching, like, a chair or two at a time, trying to get closer to the bathroom, but still wasn't, like... But you kept saying, like, this is not... Like, I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out. This is getting a lot worse, and... And I had to keep my head, like, really far down. I, like, had my head down between my knees was the only way to feel like... I just remember staring at the floor and thinking over and over, like, I just want to lay on the floor... But that floor mm-hmm. is really gross. Mm-hmm. I just want to lay on that floor, but the floor is really gross. But I like want, I need to lay down. I want to lay down. I like, and just had to like focus on breathing and yeah. just uh, suddenly felt really horrible. Yeah. And this is when I went up back up to like the front desk triage area because I was thinking, this isn't how she came in. Like, they need to know that there's been, like... A change. A change. So, I t- tell her, like, she's doing a lot worse. She feels like she's going to pass out. It's, like... It, I'm, like, this is, like, de ha- You asked, quick. like, for a vomiting bag to... Yes. Uh, as the, like, intro to... Yeah, and I said, like, is there somewhere that she can lay down? Like, is she going to go back soon? And she's, like, well, there's some recliners on the other side of the waiting room. She can go lay over there. By the other side of the waiting room, she means, like... <laughs> really far away yeah and i'm like okay well is she gonna go back like is she she, you guys gonna take her back soon and she's like it's gonna be a little while like she didn't say a time at that point but she doesn't make you right it wasn't like a oh we better check her vitals again or right and we heard a lot of people in the waiting rooms talking about things like five hours four hours of how long oh that lady was just waiting here for five hours right and and then another lady had heard that gone up and they had said like at 3 a.m. there was like a shift change and they lost like half their staff. And this was at like 2.30 that this was all happening. Right. So it kind of felt like so at that point I like came back and we had decided that I was going to try calling other because we didn't want to just leave. Go to another ER and then them be just as busy and now we're like at the the end of the line. two ERs on our radar were both 12 minutes away from where we (laughs) were. But I called them both to like see if they were busy and they wouldn't tell me over the phone they were busy or not and so I had no way of like it felt like a gamble to just like leave because we had already been there for probably like 45 minutes waiting right so it felt like do we leave and drive all the way somewhere else and then like have to like get at the end of their line which might be just as long or longer for all we knew right um but at that point we also knew I can't wait here like I I can't. I we have to. It just really felt like we both. There was a time though that we were sitting there, both praying. We were both looking at the door, at the door, watching, like, hoping that the next person she call, it's gonna be me. Surely they're gonna come out and call. And I just kept praying, like, God, Lord, make this clear. Like, if we need to go. And that was when somebody got called back, and the lady said she's been waiting five hours. And, and I, I feel just, like we, we were just both, both like we didn't no. even have to have a conversation. We looked at each other and we're like. 
Like, I can't even imagine waiting 15 more minutes. But I also knew I couldn't, like, you couldn't just walk to the car. So I, like, went back up, and I'm like, we can't wait here. She's doing a lot worse. This is going downhill. We have to go somewhere else. And she's like, okay, that's your choice. I'm like, do you have a wheelchair? I'm like, They weren't offering to help in like, any way or check like, on me in any big way. Big and pregnant. I'm like, can you, do you have a wheelchair or something? I can like put she's her like, in. over there. Over there, you can go get one. So I like went and got a wheelchair and helped Danny get into it and like pushed her right outside the like ER doors and then ran and got my car and like pulled it up to the ER doors and then came up to Danny and like was like, okay, like let me get you these like two steps into my car. Like yeah, like hardly even a step. Like right. And I started to like everything started to spin and started to be like starry and going black. And I was like, I have to lay down. And I just like crumpled onto the ground onto the concrete. I couldn't like get face into- down. But and you at this point, I don't know if you remember this, but at this point you were screaming about your shoulder hurting. Mm. You were like, my shoulder, my shoulder, my shoulder, like yelling your shoulder. And I'm like, you had kind of said your shoulder had hurt, but it was like that was the new major pain happening. And I'm like, okay. I like, Did you know that shoulder pain is part of ectopic yes, pregnancy? Yes, because we talked about it in the car on the way to the hospital. Okay. Because I think it was starting, starting to hurt yes, then. It was starting to hurt But then. you were like, also had been adjusted. And so you weren't sure. And I was like, is it just because I slept weird? Yes. Like, yeah, there was a it lot. It wasn't like that, an intense part of the pain It just felt like point. I was starting to get like an... Uh, but you were, slightly. that was what you were screaming was when you had laid down, was about your shoulder. Okay. So like ran in and like got a nurse and was like... I need some help out here. And she like runs out and she starts like yelling at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to get her in the car to take her to another hospital because there's a four hour wait here. And she's like, she is in no shape to go to another hospital. You can't take her to another hospital. She can't get there. And I'm like, I know she can't. She also can't sit in a waiting room for four hours here. So I'm like kind of thinking like. I think we both, I I was so thankful that she was like getting mad at you and telling you that you couldn't take me somewhere else. Because we both thought. Yes, I did too. I'm like, good. We're going to get some help. I'm like, can you help me get her in the wheelchair? We'll get her back in and they'll understand the level of like what's happening here better than they obviously weren't getting before. So we like got you back in and brought you back up to like the the nurse we had met before at the registration table. So she's seeing me completely different than the first time. Yes. And this she's time not, you're like can't even communicate. I, your, I guess they took more vitals. I don't even remember them doing that. They did. But yes. you remember them doing that. Yes, they did. And they said that they weren't that different. The, but the other problem was because we had literally rolled me out the doors, they checked me out of the emergency room. Yeah, right. So they're like, "Well, I can re-register you and put you back in the end of the line in waiting. Essentially. I mean, again, we didn't know if they were going to take it more seriously. And the whole point in the emergency room is to try to triage who is the most right. emergent. It's and not put like them a first. line. It's not like a, well, grocery store line. You're 20th, so you just have to wait till all these right. other people who, like, somebody just has 101 degree fever and it's here. Like, right, right. But. She also was definitely not getting that, giving that vibe. I feel like there's times. That's what I straight up said. I'm like, are you telling me that like in the state that she's in right now, that we're going to be waiting for four hours? Like, are we? She still didn't say yes. She said, well, it's going to be a while. And at three o'clock, this was again, like she re- reiterated the, our staff half, we lose half our staff at three o'clock mm-hmm. and it's going to be slower then. So. And it was like. 2.45. But I, she did confirm with me that it would be four hours. Like, yeah. she did acknowledge, like, yeah, it's probably going to be at least four hours yeah. before we get you back anywhere. Like, even, to, like, out of the waiting room. And I'm like, okay. So, well. and then you asked, I remember you asking about, like, so do I call 911? Yes, I said, like, well, can I call an ambulance for her then? Because this is an emergency that she needs to be seen right away. And she's like, well, I mean, you can, but you have to go all the way out to Dobson, which is, like, the road that the hospital's on. Like, you can't be on our property and call 911. She's like, they won't come and take... They won't pick you up. You have to be on Dobson. And so I'm like... We're going to have to, like, load me back in the car anyway. (gasps) Yeah. But it also is feeling for both of us much more scary at this point to think and much about more going like, anywhere I'm else not, too. I'm, but I'm why are we driving not, away from the hospital? But they're also not helping me here. Yes. So, so this very unhelpful triage nurse that 
what felt like she just was very much not going out of her way to be. Yes. It felt like she wanted us to leave, really. Mm-hmm. Follows us out to the car. Because I asked for help. I'm like, can someone help me load her in the car Right, then? but the because... good, nice nurse also was the one that was actually helping. Yes, but I asked. This girl didn't help at yes. all. Yes, Other than it felt like, I feel like both of us felt like it was... <laughs> God gave us the one piece of information that was really critical mm-hmm. through her, which was as you guys were getting me into the car, she said, you could try Banner Ocotillo. It's a new hospital. I hear the emergency room isn't very busy because people don't really know about them. So you might not have much of a wait there. And it felt like she had gone from being so unhelpful mm-hmm. and not like even giving us a hint of any right. sort of help. Because I was thinking like, why is she not even like trying to help find right. an emergency room? Does she room not understand be... like what's happening? And so the fact- so I like put it in my phone and it was like also 12. also 12 minutes away, just like the other hospitals. So it felt like, okay, well, this is where we're going. I think it just felt clear. We didn't even really have to yeah. discuss. It just felt like, that. okay, that's where you're going yeah. now that drive was like it was so it was probably like three something in the morning and the highway was I was going I won't incriminate myself but I was going very fast and was like counting down the minutes for you like okay it's eight more minutes it's five more you said ten and you said five and I remember when you said five I had been like hoping it was like one and when you said five and I just thought We've only done half of it. It yeah. felt like, oh no, like it was really, I mean, by this point, like our communication, I'm, I'm getting much less where I can even talk, yeah. say anything to Abby, even though I'm right. thinking things in my head still, I'm just like really struggling to even be able to formulate like talking to her. Right. Um, she, I remember you telling me we were there mm-hmm. and, and I pull right up to the ER and I run out. I remember seeing you get out of the car and thinking, like, I don't know, like, like I hope this doesn't take a long time to, like... Yeah. But it didn't. It felt like I looked up and you were, like, running in and all of a sudden you were, like, standing there with the wheelchair and I was, Well, it's like, because as I ran in, a, a nurse saw me pull up and already had a wheelchair and was, like, wheeling out a wheelchair for you. I didn't even, like, ask for one. I walked in, and she goes, do you need a wheelchair? And I was, like, with one in her arm. Like, it, yeah. she wasn't carrying it. But yeah, yes. Pushing then, one yeah. out. And I'm like, yes. And she, like, came and loaded you up. And then I was thinking again, like, do I need right. to go park my car? But I want to be with her so they know that I, like, am with her. And then I, like, look, and literally there's, like, Spots this right one there. spot that is by all the handicapped spots. It's, like, the first spot, but it's not a handicapped one. And I, like, it was empty. put my car right in there. And then we walk in, and there's literally not a soul other than, like, employees yeah. in the waiting room. No one was there. I remember there. my eyes... I couldn't open my eyes. I kept wondering what was... Like, if there were people around, how busy it was, yeah. what it even looked like. Yeah. And you were... I don't... I... I think I was able to, like, give them my name and things when I first got there, but... And I was waiting... It felt like I was waiting for a minute for you to come in, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know when you came in, and I remember forcing myself because I was hoping... I thought maybe you were there, and I was forcing my eyes to be open to see, and you... I saw that you were there, and I remember telling you I was glad that you were there, and you started helping talk about, like, what was going on, Mm -hmm. and... I remember, like, looking up on the wall and seeing, like, this floral picture and being Mm -hmm. like, that looks nice. (laughs) This looks like a nice place to be. (laughs) And soon they were, like, taking me to a room. And And right away the ER doctor came in. Like, with us. Like, I feel like there was, like, almost zero. They, like, followed us into the room. There was zero wait at Um, all. And we immediately told him what we thought was happening. We told him that we were at the other hospital and that they told us to come here because they were too busy, but that we thought she was having an atopic pregnancy. And he immediately went out and got an ultrasound machine and started doing an ultrasound. While they're, like, giving you an IV and all of that, he was like, well, let's just see if there's, like, any fluid in there. So I think that there was. Yes, there was. Some, but it wasn't enough that he was, like, freaking out. Right. But he did see that there was some... Some fluid and ordered an ultrasound right away. And in my experience of going to the ER for other things that weren't emergent, I, like, can very much attest to the fact that they weren't. But also, like, 
the times I've had to wait for things like going and getting an ultrasound and stuff, Mm -hmm. I was like really nervous. Like, okay, well, great that the doctor has seen me and that they've ordered an ultrasound, but is this going to be like another three hours before I get to... But I feel like very quickly the girl came to get you for the ultrasound and by this time they had, had also pain given medication. you pain medication through your IV so I feel like you were feeling at least like I was feeling better it. yes and I could like stand up from the wheelchair and like get onto the bed for the ultrasound and stuff but as she did the ultrasound it was it put me straight back into like it being excruciating again like yeah. horrible and she's like asking me if it's okay and I'm like no, like I'm trying to be like helpful was this an I, abdominal ultrasound or a vaginal ultrasound she did both okay the vaginal one was ex- the one that was bad. the abdominal one was bad she's like pressing right, right on they it. have to like yeah. see where it's at so she's pressing right on it and it's bad and then she asks me to get up and empty my bladder so she can do the vaginal one so that felt like I'm about to pass out walking across the mm-hmm. room to pee and come back. And um, then I lay down and she like propped up, like she put pillows under mm-hmm. my pelvis. And like, even at that point, it was like already felt excruciating again. And then she started the ultrasound and I was like, I feel like she'd probably only been doing it for like one minute. And I was like, are you almost done? Like, can you... I, I was like moaning and mm-hmm. like trying to hold still and she's just like not talking to me. Yeah. I feel like hospital ultrasounds are the worst. Yeah. Because they can't <laughs> they tell you can't anything. They can't say anything about what they're seeing or what they're doing at all. Right. And so um, they get me back to the room. They give me more pain medication. Mm-hmm. Um, by this point, I'm like... It's helping me feel a lot better. I can now talk to you again. Yes. Which was really nice because yeah. I was really hating that I couldn't talk to you. <laughs> um, but it's definitely not taking the pain away. Like, right. I still couldn't, like, stop, like, moving my legs around. And, mm-hmm. like, my shoulders were both getting, like, really sore. And I just... Wasn't. It wasn't, but it did bring my blood pressure back down to yes. like my more normal and my pulse. Like, it, and it wasn't uh, that long before the ER doctor came back in after the like after you got back from the ultrasound, maybe ten minutes, and he said like unofficially like this, this hasn't topic. been read yet, but I, we're seeing an ectopic pregnancy, yeah. and there's already a lot more fluid than when I just did the One, ultrasound twenty minutes ago, right? And we're already. He said essentially before they were, it was even official. He was like, we're calling in. This the isn't. Surgeons. On, we don't have like on staff surgery people. Right, because so, it's the weekend. And for the weekend. So he's, he's like, like, we're already calling them in, even though we haven't had the radiologist read the ultrasound. But from what we can see, that's yeah, what it is. And we're. to do surgery. So. Um, so, I mean, we got there at 3 30, and I was in surgery by a little after six. Mm-hmm. Um, they let Abby be with me, even they took me up to pre-op and let Abby be with me. I, I think we both thought like, oh, they let us let her in the ER, but now... Right, when they were getting ready to move you to pre-op, I remember saying like, where do you want me to go? Because I just felt like I, you're not going to let me go. And she was like, you're going to stay with her the whole time until she goes back to surgery. And I wanted to like kiss the nurse. Yeah, like. I was so thankful. Um, so they got me up to the pre-op area and there's literally not another there's soul not, there. No there's really no one anywhere. We saw, I saw like one a, other patient. Like a, a weird like ghost hospital where no one was there, but everything was like brand new. Yeah. So um, it was like my nurse, the, uh, the OR nurse, the anesthesiologist was like in the room waiting for us and mm-hmm. the surgeon we were waiting for the OR nurse actually was the thing that we were waiting the longest for but it was only like five or ten minutes yep. but during that time was definitely the time that I like got to the point where I was really having trouble breathing um my shoulders both really really hurt and it was the most it was the time I was the most like if I wasn't about to go to surgery right now I would be so terrible like I mean, this is how I was feeling on, like, a bunch of pain medication, mm-hmm. and I was like, just I thinking, just like, can't you'd imagine. you still be in the waiting room at the other hospital. Like, right, not even had, have gone back. Right. So, I remember 
only, the only reason I wasn't super scared was because they were literally about to take me into the operating room, but I was definitely feeling really, really terrible at that point and really glad I was going into surgery. Mm-hmm. By that point, it was, it was like I had no time. I feel like I'd already semi-accepted the fact that I didn't think things were okay with my baby, but it had turned very much into a, like this is a problem that needs to like this is threatening me in a big Mm -hmm. way and I need it to be gone I need them to do this like Mm -hmm. so um and I I, the doctors were really clear multiple of them that they had only seen a gestational sac that they hadn't been able to see any sort of baby and then no heartbeat yeah so all of that was also just like comforting and reassuring Mm -hmm. in the process and so they did a laparoscopic surgery, which means that they didn't have to open up my abdomen. They just did two tiny little incisions on the side, and they put a camera in through a little slit in my belly button to be able to see what they're doing. Um, and the surgery was, like, a little over an hour. And they had me, like, wait in this, like, wait, surgery waiting room, which was this, like, giant room with no one. They had to, like, turn the lights on for me. <laughs> Like, it was a... Yeah. So they didn't, like, take you back down to, like, the ER waiting room No, or I waited in this, like, surgery family was waiting room. The, was this on a different floor? I don't know. We passed it when I was just at the hospital. <laughs> I remember looking up and being like, oh, that's where I waited. But I don't oh. remember what floor. I just don't even remember ever being in, like, any elevators or, like, going up and down. No, know. you went, you were in an elevator. Okay. Like, I see, remember we rode up... We rode in the elevator with the surgeon... Okay. And our nurse. Okay. I feel like at that point, I was just very... I know you were. We were talking about home birth and yeah. doula. I remember moving. I remember them, like, taking yes, me no, somewhere. We I just elevator. don't remember, like, what happened. Yeah. Um. So, then you got out of surgery, and the surgeon came out to talk to me and said that they had... That there was one and a half liters like right when they went in there was one and a half liters of blood in your abdomen and showed me printed out my own special copy of pictures (laughs) (laughs) and showed me like the pictures and said that they it was in her tube and they like removed the tube and that she lost a lot of blood um that they he was hoping he wouldn't have to give a transfusion but he just wasn't sure it was going to depend on like how i was doing how you felt when you woke up and like how all that was and I know he told, I, like, at a follow-up appointment, he said that from the ectopic, he estimated, a, like, 1.8 liters of blood loss and a total of, like, 2 liters of blood loss from the surgery right, altogether. Right. So I think the 1.5 was, like, what was, like... Right, even just in there, there right, right when you went in. Yeah. Yes, and it yeah. continued to bleed till he was able to mm-hmm. do everything and stop it. Yeah. And, and that was in a very short amount of time. Right, that because it, there wasn't that much blood when they did the first ultrasound when we got to the ER. Right. Yeah, so he, so then our our nurse we really loved came out and got me. She also told me at that time that I didn't have to wear a mask. <laughs> you're like, love her even more. I like how you're like being quiet about it to Do like not get this? in trouble. Oh, well, I won't say your trouble. name, so. Yeah. But she's like, you don't have to put that on. She's I like, hate, I have to wear it. I hate wearing these things, too. <laughs> like, great. Like, there really is, like, no one else in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I'm clearly not there with COVID symptoms. Like, neither right. of us. Yeah. Um. So, you were there. Like, as I woke up, they brought you in like, right away. I remember waking up and you not being there yet, but I remember being like, she like went and got you like right then. She said as soon as you started waking up, she'd get me. So, and they waited. I don't remember what they had me do and why they were going to wait like an hour. They wanted to give you like juice and stuff. Yeah. Before like trying to set you up. And still trying to have you come. Like, you were still coming like, oh, in and out of... Yeah. Yes, I was very... So they waited the hour after just as, like, a let things wear mm. off type of thing. And then they gave you a bunch of juice. You drink, You just, like, kept drinking boxes of juice. Do you remember this? She's like, do you want apple juice or orange juice? You're like, both. And then I you, like, do remember this. You, like, chugged that. both 
boxes of the juice, and then you're like, can I have some more? And she's like, wait, no. I think you had like four or five juice boxes it's in great. that time period. Um, and then they set you up. And they had me stand up, too. Right, but they sat you up first for a little while. I was like, okay. And then they're they're like, like, let's try to stand you up. And they were both like right there. And I stood up for not long at all. No, it was like like 10 seconds. I can't stand up or I'm going to like pass out. And they're like, okay, I think we're going to need to give you blood. Um, And they got, they checked your blood count too to see. Yeah. What that was and knew that you were kind of on the edge of needing... I was right around a little over... My my hemoglobin was a little higher than eight, but they thought it might be still dropping by how my symptoms were. They weren't convinced that it was like eight and going up. They felt like it was eight and going down. So they ended up... He had ordered two bags of blood for me, like when I looked at my paperwork, but... They also wanted to be conservative about it, so they ended up giving me one bag and seeing after that. Um, and I had gone up to like 9.3 or 9.4 or something like that after that bag of blood and was feeling better. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was to the point that I could get up and go to the bathroom on my own and yeah. things like that. So at that point, they basically said, well have you go home so that was I think I was home by three in the afternoon Mm -hmm. yes um during that time our other friend had driven Melissa has been gone and she drove two hours two and a half hours down to the valley to be there and kind of relieved Abby what did you leave around 11 no I left at like one okay I think I got home at like 1.30. Okay. So you didn't come home that much later, but I was Still definitely enough. already like asleep yes. by the time. You were ready to go for sure. It'd yeah. been a long, I was long... fading. You had gone at one point. I, went, I tried to go to the cafeteria to get something to eat. Right. And they and were closed, it was closed because it was the weekend. So I ran somewhere really close to grab something and came back and like ate. And you ordered food and we ate yeah. before Melissa got there. Yeah. So it's not like you didn't get to have something and yeah. weren't... But it was still a very long amount of hours to be sitting and waiting with me and for me and everything. Yep. Um, Payback. (laughs) Yeah. So then that's kind of where that story ended. I don't think, I know for me, even though they were telling us that I lost two liters of blood and that I needed a blood trip, I don't even think in any way it felt like, I don't think my mind was wrapped around like what it means to need a blood transfusion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like. It just kind of feels like, oh, I need some IV fluids. Yes. Like it feels like, well. Okay, like sure, give me a bag of whatever you want. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I, I got home I got home and I slept like I mean you have to also remember that I hadn't slept right all Friday night I'd only slept for like an hour and then Saturday, Saturday night. night I hadn't slept at all being in the emergency room mm-hmm. and had like thrown up and had diarrhea of everything in me and like I was very much just I had a great sleep in surgery Mm-hmm. But that was like an hour long, so two hours maybe by the time I came out of everything. So I came home and was asleep probably by around four and slept until midnight. Um, I was really sad because <laughs> I knew people were like bringing food that our families were supposed to eat dinner together. Somehow I thought. You were going to eat dinner with us? Mm-hmm. Oh. And I was like super sad when I woke up at midnight and like people had come and like left and oh I had, chip like, had said like that you had, he was gonna wake you up at a certain time like i remember i made a plate for you of food but <laughs> he probably came and tried to and it probably was like he's probably like never mind i shouldn't wake her up yeah but um he may have even actually tried to wake me up and i might have talked to him i'm trying i feel like i'm vaguely remembering telling him like i can't get up but I do remember being really sad that he told me, like, his parents had come and his sister had come and, like, people had brought flowers, like, and I was like, oh. It's the extrovert in you. Like, like, I missed oh, everybody I had to sleep and not here. get to. 
Um, See my friends? So it was at that time, at midnight, right after the surgery, that I, like, wrote up. It took, like, two or three hours and wrote out a big, long Facebook post about everything that happened because it just felt like it was really fresh in my mind and Mm -hmm. I really wanted to remember what had gone on and um, the the doctor that had gotten called in was super encouraging. The surgeon? Yes. The surgeon. surgeon. Yes, he was... He had the best bedside manner. Yeah. He was so, like, comforting and reassuring. You could tell he had been a doctor for a really long time. Mm -hmm. He was in in no way... um, I mean, here he is, like, a surgeon being called in for someone who's saying, like, I don't have an OB... And not that, like, every person has an OB by the time they're six weeks. I don't feel like that's the... But I have, like, nine other kids, and I don't have an OB. And I'm saying, like, no, I was going to do a home birth. I have a home birth midwife. And I just feel like there's so many surgeons who could... Yes. ...treat even that as, like... For sure. And even act like somehow you should have known you had an ectopic pregnancy by now. Even though if you were with an OB, you wouldn't... Many OB offices don't even get you in for your first appointment until you're, like... Right. ...ten weeks or something. So... But I still feel like there's a level of, like, he could have been really condescending and really made it, Mm -hmm. like... But he wasn't at all. No. He was, like, very just gentle and kind and explained things really slowly, asked if I had questions, really wanted me to be able to understand what was going on. And I was just really thankful. I felt like that was definitely another time that just felt like God was really providing in the Mm -hmm. midst of everything. Right. And it was actually the first thing he's done at that hospital. It was his first case, yep. So even that just felt like... Like he didn't even know where we were going. Like when they were wheeling you to surgery, he's like, I want to come with you guys because I don't know where surgery is. Right. So just like those types of things really felt like God took me from this place that was felt like really horrible and like no yeah. help and right. really overwhelmingly... Yeah. Defeating when I feel like I had really struggled to go to the hospital in the first place. And then I'm like, no, right. here I am. And like, I don't feel like I'm getting any help mm-hmm. to a place that felt like uh, above any of my expectations. And yeah, for sure. was just like really great. All every person who took care of us and. Yeah. Um, I feel like we both don't love hospitals Obviously, we're we're thankful. I they love exist. hospitals for when you need them. Right, but I mean, like the experience of going the, to the hospital. There's people who have like anything kind of minorly off, and they're like, "I better go get this checked out at the doctor or the hospital or somewhere," yeah. and like have. And I feel like I'm like, mm, I'd rather Google it and like I just try a bunch of things like and the experience yes. is never one all the times I've been to the hospital that I've like been like this was so great I I didn't mind it for my my births the like hospital part of yeah. it I mean specifically like ER yeah. situations yeah. so I just remember yes. kept being yes. like I've only I... I've only ever been to the ER one other time that I can ever remember oh okay so I only have one other experience to compare it to, and that wasn't an emergent situation. That yeah. was like, I have to go to the ER because it was like after I'd given birth, and it was like a couple of weeks after, and I was still having like pain and a mild temperature, and we just needed an ultrasound to see what was going right. on. And so it's kind of like at that point, it just felt like that was our option. Right. It was before we had our friend who does ultrasounds, because I feel like now I would have just waited till the morning and gone to her and, yeah. like, seen what was going on, but um, it felt like that's our only access to right. an ultrasound when you've had a home birth, is to go to yes. the emergency room, which yes. really, really sucks, because yes. you're not emergent, you know you're not emergent, but you also just really want to be at home with your baby, yeah. and it's taking forever, and they're not, like, making it mm-hmm. you a high priority, so... Yeah. Yes, I hated that experience. I just remember thinking, like... This is... This is such... It's not just, like, a... Well, it wasn't bad, but it was, like, such a good mm-hmm. ER hospital experience. Obviously, the outcome was sad, and, like, like obviously, that all... Yes. But just, like, everyone we met in the facility, and I just remember being, like, man, 
This would definitely make it easier to go to the ER. To the ER if someone needed to go. If this is like what you go to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> weeks later. When I say that there's so much more that's happened, just a little side note that the next podcast will be about all of the next couple of weeks after my surgery, and we may have gone back to that emergency room, and it twice <laughs> may not have been for me. So, yeah. and another one of our friends went to the emergency room there and had a good experience, so that's yeah. great. So now we have four experiences of goodness. And it was all good, every time. Mm-hmm. I mean... There was a couple of parts of my experience yeah, yeah. that were a little annoying, but... Honestly... I mean, I could wait and say this later on, but I feel like it fits more with what we were talking about. But I feel like after being there again with you, it makes my experience, to me, feel even more crazy. Because I feel like when we were there with you, there still wasn't, like, people in the waiting room when we got there. But I feel like there were many more... We saw many more patients. Yes, I would agree with that. And it definitely just... makes me a little nervous that we can't hold on to our favorite hospital for long. Well, it still was, like, much better than anywhere else. But it it makes the experience I had, which already felt super surreal, Mm -hmm. still feel surreal. I wonder, though, if it's because I went in during the week... Maybe. You would think the weekend would be busier. At the ER, yeah. That's true. I would think that during the week, people would just be like, well, I can see my doctor in the morning, or I can go to the urgent care or something. Right. But it feels like, yeah, it just felt, I was like, wow, there's actually, like, they're actually having to help multiple people here, not just me. one and only patient. But anyway, so... We'll get to that soon. Stay tuned for what it's like to recover after massive blood loss amidst croup, stomach flu. And grandpa's memorial service going on a family vacation vacation to a resort. And having two all-nighters again in the hospital. Yep. (laughs) Stay tuned to what that's been like. (laughs) And then another puker. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Another what will tomorrow of... hold? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we have to, I think, preface and say that if we haven't already talked enough about like how God's provision and amazing graciousness to providing the information we needed, right? Um, getting us to the right places, the right people around us, even though there were times that it felt really frustrating and it felt like this isn't what we're supposed to, like, what is happening? Why were we not getting help? Um, God, even through Abby talking about just giving that list of all of this, like, in the midst of each thing, I feel like we can just name off, like, so many details and blessings, and, like, we will when we're talking about it, but I don't want to leave it on this note of it's all just been, like, this gloom and doom, and it it can be easy to, like, have my emotions want to go to, like, a place of fear and, like, pity, but also when you say, like, what will tomorrow hold, like, this place of of anxiety, fearfulness, Mm -hmm. of, like, feeling, like, Nothing's been going right. Everything's been going wrong. What's going to be next? But I have to go back to looking at God's faithfulness through each thing. And yes, like more hard things could happen. Mm -hmm. But he has been so near, so close, orchestrating everything. Right. We've had so many other friends also going through hard things. Right. And I think I just keep being like, especially today, thinking like, why do we... like, why do we have this, like, belief that we don't like to think we have, but it comes out and is revealed in situations like this of, like, I shouldn't have to do hard things. Like, where I feel like I keep finding myself having this attitude of, like, there couldn't possibly be another thing. Like, are you kidding me? Another thing? Like, don't you know everything that's been going on? Like, surely you're not going to give us another thing. Right. But where I feel like it's... But God takes us to the end of... The, our ability our, and our what we think is what we can and handle he even gets us to that point 
and gives us more of what we can't handle right. to learn and see his goodness, his faithfulness, his provision, and to remember so fully, so intimately how much we need him. Right. I mean, it is hard because I do think, on the other hand, like, it's there is normal and abnormal. Like, yes. there is, like, everyday, day-to-day life, and it's not weird to ex- to like have an expectation that you're going to wake up and it's going right. to be a normal day and to have a desire to get back into like a normal routine. Right. But I like feel like not- when that's not the case, it's also easy to grow like bitter and mm-hmm. angry towards like, Being like what is, what are, are you, you doing? Are yeah. you even here? Are you even like paying right. attention? Like, why or- is there something else added to this? Right. And it really, um, I've been reminded by a friend, which I mean, I'd kind of thought about it, but it was more, of I like need to finish reading all of it but just the book of Job and remembering that yeah. like God actively like allows affliction to strike us yeah. and we're called to be faithful in that mm-hmm. and there's going to be blessing in that faithfulness right um and that God is the one who gives and he takes away and there, I think it's been hard to remember and know how to deal exactly with being transparent about the pain and the struggle mm-hmm. and the heartache and the emotions that are really real and they yes. really happen. And I mean, I also had another friend who early on in this like reminded me of Jesus, like going to the like hearing of Lazarus mm-hmm. and like weeping knowing that he was going to, like, raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. But that he didn't discount that pain and that emotion. Yeah. And he even, like, went through that. Like, he is he is God with us. Like, he has borne all these trials and does know and isn't asking us to not experience that pain. Right. But I also want to be so faithful in... As I, like, am transparent about the days that I am struggling and feel really, really sad and I'm crying, I'm ha- like, that I also want it to not come across as though God has abandoned me or mm-hmm. isn't with me, isn't providing, isn't being gracious, that he, you can simultaneously have right. both of those feelings of thanksgiving and... Um, also just struggle at the same moment. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, um, in the next podcast we do, but maybe we'll even do a bonus one. Maybe. We'll see how time allows. (laughs) Took us three weeks to do this one, so we'll see. But I think we'll get it before three weeks. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, we just don't know. I think we thought we would do this one before three weeks. Yes. And here we are. Yep. But thank you, everybody, for praying. I know so many of you are even ones who have provided meals for both of our families. Yeah. And really taking care of us and our husbands and our kids and are checking in on us and really loving us. And it's been such a beautiful picture of the church and other believers just... Um, the church, not just like our congregation that we're a part right, of, right. that has been immensely right. supportive and so encouraging, but also the church at large right. and just um, the beauty of the bride of Christ and the ways that we are called to minister to each other um, when things are hard. And it doesn't mean that we don't also serve and minister to other people even when we're going through something hard right. I think that's a, been really cool thing to see like how many people have been serving and loving on there was like a moment that it felt like so cool to me not that this was even necessarily necessary necessarily necessary <laughs> but we did have a friend who has kind of had a, a situation came up kind of quickly with her baby and 
people were kind of looking for milk. And it was like in the midst of me being with you at the hospital. Right. I ended up not feeding my baby as much as I normally would. Mm -hmm. And then I had to pump so I don't get mastitis. And so now like I have these these random extra bags bags of of milk. milk, Like the exact day that another friend is looking for bags of milk when it's like I'm in one of my like, I'm not in a place where I could have even like planned and try if, if I hadn't had like that situation specifically forcing me to have to pump to not get mastitis, I wouldn't have been like looking for my pump. And I had pumped and had that milk before I even knew they were looking for milk. Right, right. But like hours before to where it feels like God is just showing off of like, look, I'm going to have you help these people over here while these people are helping you while this person is helping them. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and just showing how beautiful that is. So it's pretty cool. But we're going to go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully hopefully I actually get to sleep. We'll see. Bye. Bye.